Hi, my name is Rifki. Welcome to This Week Unpacked. Before starting, a huge thank you to the Jewish Federation of Greater Rochester for sponsoring this week's episode. If you too are interested in sponsoring future episodes, be in touch at podcasts at jewishunpacked.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at jewishunpacked.com. Okay, as we say in Yiddish, weiter, let's dive in. You might have heard some things recently about Lebanon, like there was a massive, devastating explosion at the port in Beirut last summer. And the economy isn't so hot either. According to Bloomberg, Lebanon's inflation rate is the highest in the world right now. And on top of that, clashes in the country have led to hundreds of deaths, with more possible to come. It's really scary, and you have to feel for everyone in Lebanon right now. These people are really struggling. But it's also not just Lebanon. What happens next could have drastic regional implications. And for our purposes, a chaotic Lebanon means an unstable northern border with Israel. And on top of this near collapse of the economy, the government, and honestly, everything else, Hassan Nasrallah, the leader of Hezbollah, which is both a political party and a terrorist group, is suddenly coming along, claiming to have 100,000 armed forces on the ground and ready to go. Now, we can't verify this claim because Hezbollah doesn't actually allow independent third parties to dive into its activities. But if it's true, Hezbollah would outnumber the actual Lebanese military by 15,000 troops. Either way, it's clear that Lebanon is a powder keg waiting to be ignited. And what happens next could bring the nation closer to civil war. This week, we'll try to unpack some of these questions. What's behind this recent violence in Beirut? Could Lebanon actually be headed to another civil war? Will Hezbollah exploit the situation and open a new war with Israel along its border, as they did back in 2006? But also beyond that, who is Hezbollah? How did they form? What are they now? And overall, what does this news coming out of Lebanon mean for Israel? So let's start with breaking down the background of Hezbollah. In Arabic, Hezbollah is translated as party of God, which normally sounds like my kind of party. But it's also a terrorist organization based in Lebanon, so maybe not. The Shiite Muslim group, which is financially backed by Iran and Syria, is driven by two things. One, its resistance to Western influence in the Middle East, and two, its opposition to Israel. In fact, its first manifesto, released in 1985, calls for the establishment of an Islamic Republic in Lebanon and states the following with respect to Israel. Quote, Our struggle will end only when this entity is obliterated. And I'm pretty sure when they say this entity, they're referring to Israel, which is really just lovely. Hassan Nasrallah, Hezbollah's current leader, has affirmed this position on Israel, saying that it's, quote, an aggressive, illegal, and illegitimate entity, which has no future in our land. Our land. Its destiny is manifested in our motto, death to Israel. Nasrallah has also expressed animosity and threats against the Jewish people in its totality, saying, quote, if they all gather in Israel, again, I think he means the Jews, it will save us the trouble of going after them worldwide. Hezbollah has acted on this by carrying out attacks on Jewish and Israeli targets around the world. It's been blamed for two bombings in Argentina, the 1992 bombing of an Israeli embassy, which killed 29 people, as well as the 1994 bombing attack on a Jewish center, which killed 85 people and injured hundreds more. A 2012 attack on a bus in Bulgaria that was filled with Israeli tourists was also attributed to Hezbollah. According to the Anti-Defamation League, Hezbollah has attempted to reinvent itself as a political party recently. They enjoy solid support from the country's Shiite community, which is 40% of the population of Lebanon. 
The group also provides its constituents with a wide array of social services, including infrastructure, healthcare systems, and schools. However, political party or not, Hezbollah is largely seen as a pariah. The governments of the US, Canada, the UK, Germany, the Arab League, Israel, of course, and many other countries consider Hezbollah to be a terrorist organization. While the EU is a little bit more wavering, they actually only designate its military wing as a terrorist group. According to estimates from the U.S. State Department, Iran supports Hezbollah with weaponry and more than $700 million per year. And the group is not just financially stronger than ever. Brian Katz of the Center for Foreign Relations asserts that Hezbollah has more military and political power today than at any point since its founding. So let's go back to its founding. In 1985, the group emerged during the Lebanese Civil War after Israel invaded Lebanon in 1982. For more on that, see our sister podcast, Unpacking Israeli History, and its episode about Sabra and Shatila. The link is in the show notes. But here's a brief history of what happened. During the 1970s, the Palestine Liberation Organization, also known as PLO, carried out hundreds of attacks into Israel from Lebanon. Meanwhile, the new wave of Palestinian fighters who were recruited to Lebanon by the PLO upset the balance between Muslims and Christians in the country, one of the factors leading to a civil war there in 1975. Lebanese Christians turned to Israel for support in confronting the PLO's growing presence, and ultimately they hoped to drive them out of the country. Israel was hoping to stop the terrorist attacks coming from the PLO, so they agreed and began backing the Christians in the Lebanese civil war. So in 1982, Israel, under the leadership of Prime Minister Menachem Begin, invaded Lebanon, allying with the Christians against the Syrian-backed PLO. Thus began the 1982 Lebanon War, also known as the First Lebanon War, or Shalom HaGalil, Peace for the Galilee in Israel. That's when a group of Shiite fighters, who were influenced by the 1979 Islamic Revolution in Iran, formed Hezbollah. According to historian Anita Shapira, their goal was not only to drive the IDF out of Lebanon, but also with Iranian support to fight Israel incessantly. And I think incessantly feels like the key word here. So with financial support and training from Iran, Hezbollah began carrying out attacks on IDF soldiers and headquarters. Throughout the 80s, they also carried out terrorist attacks, including kidnappings and car bombings against other Western countries, like the 1983 bombing of barracks housing U.S. and French troops in Beirut, in which more than 300 people died. In 1992, Israel assassinated the leader of Hezbollah, Abbas Musawi. He was succeeded by Hassan Nasrallah, Hezbollah's current leader. Now, Israel has had continuous troops from the first Lebanon war for years, but they finally withdrew in 2000, which is when Hezbollah, still funded by Iran and also Syria, continued to build up its supply of rockets and arms. And then, on July 12, 2006, a group of Hezbollah terrorists crossed into Israel, killed eight Israeli soldiers, and kidnapped two others. This was the catalyst for the Second Lebanon War, which lasted 34 days. Over the course of the war, Hezbollah launched thousands of rockets into densely populated areas of Israel at a rate of 120 rockets per day. And in an effort to destroy targets and remove Hezbollah terrorists, Israel carried out airstrikes and a ground offensive in southern Lebanon. The Second Lebanon War ended on August 11th with a UN resolution that called for a ceasefire. And in a move that surprised no one, both Hezbollah and Israel declared victory. So that's the history of Hezbollah and Israel. And it's important to note that as alluded to, though Hezbollah pays lip service to the Palestinian issue, 
The reason Hezbollah hates Israel is not because of the Israel-Palestinian conflict. Even if that were solved tomorrow, Hezbollah would still be committed to the destruction of Israel. Now, I don't want to oversimplify things, so we'll include links to lots to read if you want to really understand Hezbollah. But suffice to say, hostility to Israel is part of a larger picture, which comes from pro-Iranian, Syrian, and Shiite Islam, and anti what they see as Western imperialism. And yes, Hezbollah or not, chaos continues to reign in Lebanon. But at the same time, peace talks have been on and off between Israel and Lebanon for ages. Interestingly, though, Lebanon and Israel won't speak directly to each other, as they're still technically in a state of war. So they have no diplomatic relations. So the U.S. and the U.N. are brokering those talks. And the U.S. is pushing for a quick resolution to the dispute, underscoring the dire situation in Lebanon. And so far, Lebanon has described the most recent talks as positive. But let's not be naive. Peace probably isn't right around the corner. Though I would honestly love nothing more than to eat my words with a This Week Unpacked episode next week about the peace signed between Israel and Lebanon. Hey, I could dream. Interestingly, this Hezbollah stuff isn't just about Israel. Regional watchers have pointed out that Hezbollah's announcement about the size of its armed forces wasn't actually directed at Israel. Instead, it was aimed at the Lebanese government and Hezbollah's domestic rivals. Sarit Zahavi, a former Israeli military intelligence officer who currently runs the Alma Research Institute in northern Israel, told the Times of Israel, quote, What Hezbollah is actually saying is, I built up great power not only to fight Israel, but to fight the Lebanese. Meanwhile, Shimon Shapira from the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs offered a different analysis, telling Haaretz, quote, Iran and Hezbollah are continuing to pursue the same strategic line. They are preserving the achievements they have already recorded, control of the ports and growing influence in the army, the other security branches, and in parliament, but are taking care to operate through the legitimate institutions, not to topple them. It's an internal Lebanese event. The concern is over what will happen if the anarchy spreads from Beirut to the south of the country. At the moment, Hezbollah is making sure to prevent this and to contain the event within Beirut, but it's all up in the air. There is always the danger that the events on the streets will lurch completely out of control. So where does this leave us? Well, for me, I keep thinking about after that massive explosion in the port of Beirut in August of 2020. You might have seen those videos and pictures. It was really awful, really terrifying, really upsetting. And in solidarity with the people of Lebanon, the city hall of Tel Aviv was lit up with a really powerful image of the Lebanese flag. It was really lovely to see. And to me, it really felt very moving. At the same time, popular Israeli journalist Amit Segal wrote, Peace will come when the town square in Beirut is lit up with an Israeli flag. And when I think about Hezbollah and the uncertainty in Lebanon, I continue to feel that love and solidarity with the people of Lebanon. But I also feel that same sense of unease. Of course, it's not the same. I'm an American Jew. Though I feel very connected to the region, I'm also geographically removed. But I wonder, would the people of Lebanon feel the same love and solidarity if the country of Israel were falling apart? I want to say yes. And in my less cynical moments, I do say yes. But regardless, I continue to pray and send my love to the people of Lebanon. And I cannot wait to hear and report about the day where there is truly peace for everyone. Thanks for listening. This Week Unpacked is a production of Unpacked, a division of Open Door Media. If you're listening to this but you're not yet a subscriber, what are you waiting for? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you're not sure how... 
send us an email and I will walk you through step by step. Podcast at JewishUnpacked.com. Again, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at JewishUnpacked.com. Research and writing for this episode was led by John Kunza, and the team includes Sarah Himmelis, Avi Posen, and Rob Perra. Noah Moisman is the executive producer of This Week Unpacked, and I'm your host, Rifki Stern. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.